Welcome to the I Don't Active Health Show with your host, Khalil Smith, and I have my guest, Pete Turner. We're going to be talking about the Break It Down Show right after this introduction, and thank you, everybody, for checking in. How you doing today, Pete? Let me see if I can hear you. Your mic's kind of low. It's still kind of silent. Do you got it now? Now you can. There you go. I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, I'm trying to get my stuff all set up right, but you know, we'll go with how we got it. Oh yeah, you're fine. How you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So, you got your um, own branded jacket? Is that what's going on there with the oh, Idon yes, of course. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, look at me. I got Break It Down Show shirt stuff. Break up. It Down Show? I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about marketing your own stuff. If no one else is going to do it, I may as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, I actually want to talk to you about that. Like, I, I would like for you to introduce yourself to my audience, and then we're going to start talking about your show, Break It Down Show, and why you started it. Yeah, sure thing. So I'm a, I'm a regular dude. I joined the army at one point. I became a spy and I deployed and did a lot of time in combat zones. I got over a thousand combat missions. And ultimately, uh, my job was to leave the camp every day and see what was going on in town and figure out how you know what we were doing that wasn't allowing us to win, what was dangerous, and then what we could do better you know, in general. And that was basically my job. And so I did that for a long time. Then I got sick of doing that. And then I started up my podcast, The Break It Down Show. And yeah, man, that's uh, that's the, the fast version of my story. Okay. Uh, when did you get out and when did you start your podcast? I got done doing, so I was um, I was in the military working with them um, in 2012 was really when I was pretty much done. I did another job or two, but that was more secondary type work. And so when I started the um, the podcast, well, we started on a community radio, which is sort of like old fashioned style podcasts, but we started the podcast officially in 2014 was when we started it. We did about two years of the radio show before that. Okay. Okay. Sounds amazing. Thank you for your yeah. service. And uh, oh, thanks, man. Why, why did you start the podcast? Like, uh, what was your vision for? I, I had seen so many incredible things that I wanted to, um, I wanted to pass along these stories, you know, and help us understand like when people go to conflict, what that's like. And I knew that I could uniquely tell those stories because I had spent so much time, like much more than anybody you're going to have on the show. I've spent on the ground talking to people. So uh, with that unique experience and my, and my unique capabilities as a spy, I'm like, I, I've got to do something with this. And and this was the, uh, the, the path that seemed to make the most sense was doing a show. And my show isn't just about that. It's about life in general. But but that was that was the path was to tell stories through the podcast format. With that being said, what type of value do you want people to take away from your show when they do watch you? You know, the values, I think it, things are more complex than we realize. And and assigning a simple solution or a, a simple assumption to things it usually doesn't do service to that problem. It's usually a pretty complex problem. And, and when we slow down and seek to understand and, and try to tolerate, you know, the people that are in and around that situation, we're, we're going to have a better appreciation for what it's going to take or what it's like for that person. I always say that you can't, 
can't seek to improve the condition of someone or something that you refuse to understand the condition of. So that, those are some of the things that I'd like to try to get people to understand and just the beauty of life in general. Hmm. I do want to talk about that, what you just uh, said. So I'm a big fan of personal development. Like you can't outgrow yourself. Just like yeah. you said, like um, you're not going to understand something unless you're willing to learn or understand from that aspect. So it can all align with one another. Yeah. So that, that's that's amazing. So yeah. you started in 2014 to tell stories. Now, what type of feedback have you gotten with your show or how many oh episodes gosh. in? 1,300 episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. Past that. Yeah. So it's been a lot of feedback <laughs> over the years. And we've had a lot of success. I suppose the feedback has been positive. I mean, the show has developed its own name and its own power. You know, I don't have to hardly book guests anymore. Um, just through my, like, my cold asking has, has gone down by 90%. And so I chase certain people that I want to get. But for the most part, I'm talking to past guests, um, referral guests, people ask me. And it's just that I think is one of the big pieces of feedback that, hey, this is a good show. And all these incredible people come on. And and so what we're doing is, is working. It's right. It's It's done through a true point of passion. And there's there's veracity in our actions. What type of guests do you try to bring on or guests that do come onto your show? My show. Have like my a show. preference? Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like whatever's interesting to me, you know, or, or friends or things that like, sometimes I work, I use the show in service of people who are getting started out or trying to establish themselves. But for the most part, um, I make my own editorial decisions. So if I'm sick of something, I don't bring it on anymore. If I want to learn about it, I bring people like that on the show. So it could be any topic from social topics to sports to, you know, music, lots of music. So it just kind of is uh, what strikes my fancy and what fancies my strike. And, and that's sort of where it, the editorial decisions come from. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You keep it open. Topics yeah, open. wide open, wide open. Yeah. Very much like Joe Rogan's show where you might have a fighter on one next day and a nuclear physicist on the next. <laughs> and I think, again, I think that I think that enriches life for everybody to see that you can have these incredible people who are geniuses in their own right. Like I may have someone who's, who's absolutely incredibly famous in their field and six and a half, seven billion people have never heard of them because they're very siloed in their, in their fame, you know, and they're great at what they do. But if you never looked outside of that silo or recognize that silo, you would never see that person's greatness. So let's illuminate that. Yeah, that's that's the power of connection. Yeah. You never know. Like you're probably never gonna see somebody unless they come toward you and like in reference to your show. That's right. somebody who's already watching it. Yeah, right. I, I love that con that uh concept. Bringing on people and then you have that conversation. If you don't agree yeah. with something, they can enlighten you more. And now you're learning as well. Yeah. 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 That seeking to understand things a big, a big deal to me, trying to accept someone's position, especially like with social things, because we, we tend to want a singular point of focus for the problem or for the answer. And those things tend to not work out. It's usually much more complex. And and the more we slow down and study it, we realize the source of these problems is probably not what we wanted it to be. And, and where the source is, usually not where it feels good. It usually feels like really damn hard work to get to that source. And really to make the change that you want is um, 
it, it's damn impossible, right? So you have to just get in there and work with the faith that the hard work will in some way ameliorate the problem. Um, but it's never about somebody else. Like, ah, if this person stopped doing this, it's about what, what can you do? What, like, what can I control and do, you know? Why do you think everybody wants that easy solution, especially to blame somebody, even though that's the easier route, instead of blaming yourself? I yeah. feel like that's just a human thing to do. Yeah. And, it, and it's not the easier route, right? Like the, the route that it takes is the route you would never even understand. You couldn't comprehend it. It's not a leap of faith. It's constant leaps of faith. You're working in the blind, knowing that I am working with good purpose. And maybe the thing you want to solve isn't solvable for you, but you do help in another problem that's adjacent that you never had even realized. I mean, like when I look at my show, like, okay, what's the problem of, of having a podcast? Well, you got to do a lot of work. Okay, well, that's no problem. I work hard. Um, you have to build audience. Well, that's no problem. If I just build it, they'll come. Well, all, already we've got a problem because that's not true, right? It's not if you build it, they'll come. If you build it and you do marketing and you stay consistent and you find a voice and you find people who appreciate your, like I've just made that problem so much harder. And then even still, you may not succeed, right? And so that's understanding that about a problem. That's not what you want to hear. You want to be like, yeah, if I, uh, you know, put up some pictures of me looking great on Instagram, a million people are going to follow me. Yeah, maybe, but probably not. Yeah, you got to get put in the hard work and I dissect it. I, yeah. I agree. And to see yeah. all the avenues, all the options you have. That's exactly right. Yeah, And there are options and there are places. And here's the other thing is hard work is, a, is one of the best discriminators. So the thing that you won't work for, you won't achieve. Right. And so you should realize that and not put work towards it. Don't put half work towards it. Like, hey, I am. Um, if I want to dunk a basketball, I'm 52 years old. Maybe I can get myself back into good enough shape to dunk a basketball. Maybe, maybe. But um, I'd have to work really hard at doing it. And then the, the first day I don't go out and do my exercises. OK, the next day, maybe. And, and if I don't eat right. Oh, oh, OK. But if all of a sudden it's 10 days in a row of me not doing what I want to do to dunk a basketball, then I. I'm not going to dunk a basketball. It doesn't matter how much work. If I can't consistently make progress towards that goal, even if the work, even if the goal is just simply doing the work, then I've got to pick a different path. And I, you know, whatever that thing is, like my days of getting a black belt are over. I just my body is too broken up from combat, and it's not enough of a priority in my life. So I have to say that is not important enough for me to work on, and work on some other problem that is important enough to me that demands it, that demands my attention, and I have to say yes to it all the time, like podcasting. I work entirely too hard on podcasting, but it demands my attention. What what makes you stand out as a podcaster, you believe, that made you um, get to the amount of people that watch you? Like, What qualities do you think you possess that attract people to your show? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, I know what it takes to run a professional show. I've, I've learned about hosting and the, the skills that are in that. And I can break those down and I can evaluate how I do it. So I've specifically worked to be become a better host, to improve my speech patterns, my intonation, how I how I resonate my voice. All of these things are things that you have to master. So but they're basic things. The other thing is, is I've interviewed a lot of people as as a spy. Right. And so I have experience in how to run a conversation. And so I can imperceptibly control a conversation if I choose to and take a person to a spot they might not have otherwise gone to. And they will tell me things, not secrets, but I'll get them to get to the richness of, of their life, of their story, of their passion. 
And I know how to open that up and get like, once I find that spot where the richness is, I can dwell in that spot longer than someone who's not as skilled as I am at having a conversation. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to dive into that a little more. So uh, this is a two part question. So yeah. what five tips would you give to a new host um, starting out on a podcast so they can uh, develop that quality of hosting it uh, efficiently? Then the yeah. second part is how do you get to that um, that meat of the conversation where you could and where you can keep attacking that to lengthen yeah. it? Let me I answer think those are very in, important. In reverse yes. order. Oh, yeah. No, it's hugely important. So one of the things I say to, to people, and this would be one of the five things, so there's one of them, is to listen for things, not to the person. I'm hearing everything you're saying, but I'm listening for the next thing, the next note that I want, and I'm going to ask questions on that note, and I'm going to explore. And I'm looking for certain things, like if you ask me a question, they go, um, and you're really thinking, that's an important cue to me as a host to go, okay, now this person's thinking, I'm not just getting the first thing on the top of their mind. They're digging deep to find this answer. So when you ask a question that gets me to, you know, lift my eyes and think, you know, or, or ponder that that's a cue to me as a host. Okay. I'm in the spot where this person's thinking more deeply. Let me pay attention. And then two, two, let me slow down, you know, slow down what I'm saying and doing. I'm listening for you to hit that gear, to get emotionally excited. I want you to look for emotions. That's three. And if you do that, if you got this person thinking in the deeper part of their brain, you've slowed down and you're allowing them to talk and you're finding emotions in how they're talking, you know that you're in a sweet spot and you shouldn't leave that until you're ready to, until you decide to. Even if it takes them to a darker spot or a sadder spot, um, those are good things because that that's a real rich ground for you to take. There's a, there's two other basic things I, I tell every host is, and I, I can always say slow down again because it's so hard to slow down enough when you're a host that you have to remind yourself all the time. It's the thing I still do. I, I slow down. And I don't mean how fast you talk. I mean, how you think, like if you slow your thoughts down and you truly hear the words that you're saying, as, as I'm saying the words, I'm hearing myself. And that causes a more deliberate approach, which is slower. It also removes the ums, likes, and, you know, stuff like that. All those things that are junk words, because I'm hearing myself and I'm slowing down my thought pattern. I'm not saying those things. So when I say slow down again, like there's other ways to slow down. And then the other thing is, is understand that that it's hard work. And if you happen to catch an audience, that's great. But you should expect that to be very hard. It's hard to earn people's time. You know, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things that take their time up. I mean, you're battling people's, you know, you're battling TikTok and their ability to keep people's attention. And you're battling Instagram and you're battling super famous people that have really successful podcasts that are all competing for people's time. And so you have to always want to improve your show so that you earn the, the right to have the respect of someone's time. That's amazing. That's amazing. I hope my audience taking notes. That was amazing. Yeah. I'm going to have to look back on this video and rewrite it so I remember all this. <laughs> Just remember, if you slow down and you figure out other ways to slow down, you're, you're so far ahead of your peers. Just work on that. And slowing down can be shutting up. You know, just sitting back when someone if i'm going i'm all excited i'm talking you just lean back and let the show come to them like let more them of an active all... listening huh yeah 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 because they're doing they're doing exactly what you want them to do you want them to shine on your show 
and now they're shining and they're talking and they're just in foot. And so you're just nudging. You're just asking these soft nudging questions, which can be go on, which is not even really a question. Tell me more. What do you think about this? And then ask them, you know, the thing or even better, like, you know, your opinion on something and let them fill the blanks in. Those are really powerful things. Amazing. I, I agree. Um, what was, I had another question for you that I asked you. Yeah. I think you did it backwards. I did it backwards. I, and then I started, so I, you asked me about five things that I would yes. give advice on. And then I was talking like, basically, um, when you find something good, how do you know when you find something good? And I was gotcha. talking about okay. that, listening for things rather than to the person so that you can decide when you want to, you know, the, the example on that is like, imagine a boat going across a lake. Mm -hmm. Right, it'll go across the lake, but what if all the richness is down below? Like the treasure is in that sunken ship, so you got to get that boat to stop and then dive down with the question. And then when you find something that you like in that question, there's probably gold in there. So spend time down below. So you have to get deep, and you have to get that person to go, um, you know, and ask them and then back up. Maybe maybe you overshot the spot where the where the good stuff is. So you control the timeline. An interview doesn't have to be linear. It can be it can be this. Um, this time free kind of conversation where all of a sudden you've brought the conversation all the way back around to the same spot where they were earlier when they weren't warmed up. And now they're ready to give you something else because you're controlling how time works. Gotcha. Okay. Amazing answer. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. Why did you uh, start? Why, why did you call your show? Break it down show. Yeah. So my buddy John and I, who I started the show with, we were handymen in San Francisco in that area. And we were trying to think of the name of the show, right? This is like such a big deal. What are we going to name our show? And we, you know, tried this, try that, John this, Pete that, whatever it was going to be. We tried all these different things. And then John said, what about the Break It Down show? And I said, you know what? That might be it right there. You know, like we were kind of getting to the point where we had eliminated a lot of things. It was mostly good ideas left. And he fell out with the Break It Down show. And I'm like, that's really good. I hope that's free on the, you know, on the internet and the URLs. And it was. And we're like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, this is perfect for us. And so uh, it was just one of those things where not only did we like the name and vibe on it, but the URL was free. And so <laughs> that, was, that was it right there. And there were no other podcasts called the Break It Down show when we said that. So it gave us the ability to be anything we wanted to be. And it's something that people say all the time that, you know, like just when people talk, they're not saying it to be funny on my show. They'll say, well, let me break this down for you. And then I just sit back because I know it's going to hit them in a second. And I'll be like, I'm on the break it down. show, and I just said, break it down. And then it gets funny because of that. So it's this is the secondary blessing that the show name is part of the common vernacular for people. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. It is. It is. You got me thinking I should have did something like that with my name, my show. Yeah, hey, whatever. You can you know here's the other thing. You can always change the name of your show. You always can do that. You can always change the theme of it, the color of it. That would be the sixth thing, right? Don't be afraid. You're gonna change because your show, my show has evolved. It's not the same show that it was in the beginning. Everybody's show is is different all the time. So don't be afraid to change. Allow it, allow it to happen, especially if you're not happy with it, because you're the one that has to do all the work, you know. How do you market your show? Do you do a weekly? Uh, a couple, two days a week. I do. I do. Um, yeah, I do more than one a week. They're about an hour long each. And I try to only do three, but, but with Ukraine, I've been doing a lot more. So I often end up, I, I probably average over five a week. 
five and, a week. Okay. Yeah. And I try, I try not to, but I just have so many guests that are coming in the door and I want to talk to them. And there's so many new books and new speakers and new PhDs to, oh my gosh, there's so many things. So I, I do, I do quite a lot. What was the other part of your question you asked me? I was thinking about how often I'm doing shows and it's, it's, it's a lot. Oh, marketing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's tough, man. I don't, you know, the marketing thing changes all the time. It requires money. It requires time. It's like a whole different job, you know, to market. So I've struggled to figure it out. You know, I, I sometimes write blogs in support of shows and that kind of helps that show um, do better. I sometimes buy ads on Facebook or on YouTube, that kind of thing, because money defeats the algorithm. And that's a great way to approach that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, sometimes I put myself on other people's shows and there's a PR marketing benefit for that. And, you know, there's all kinds of different things that I do. It's a, it's a variety. And so I, I try to make out a plan and say, here are some areas where I want to focus. Like right now, this quarter, I'm focused on PR, trying to get on other shows. That's one area where I'm trying to improve my marketing, but also I'm trying to, um, engage with people privately who are in the podcast world to see what kind of things we can collaborate on because collaborations seem to perform better, at least on YouTube, than non-collaborative things. I'm also trying to put together those short reels that are on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook, all these, you know, short formats. So these are ways to market the show. But uh, as you know, it's there's only so much you can do. You know, there's a lot of work. <laughs> I agree. You can spend more time marketing your show than you do on making a show and that making a show as you know is a lot of work yeah that takes up like a quarter of my day every day making flyers <laughs> marketing it yeah. and just finding people to come on yeah 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 that's yeah. that's that's a battle so I mean, you said a, i want to say this real quick that that's a big point pre-production on a show it's a lot of work i think we sent 20 emails back and forth you know and it's just it is a lot of work to figure that out time zones and, Oh, you know what, this came up and that, and that can take, it can take you three hours to not even book a show. And like the person just doesn't ever come through. You can send them 10 emails being persistent and they never say yes, that's time on your show and nothing came of it. You know, <laughs> it can be a lot. It happened to me this morning. Um, I guess I met somebody we were trying to collaborate. I thought we were doing a meeting today just to talk about a time to do the show. Yeah. And then he wanted to do a Zoom call and talk about it. Then he was like, no, all right, we're doing the, the actual podcast right now. I'm like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm like, let me just wing it. Let me just yeah. go about it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. just the communication, figure out what times works, oh scheduling it, talking about um, yeah. what do you want to talk about? Because yeah. you always want to have a vision. At, yeah. Sometimes you don't have a vision. Sometimes you can just talk about it and be uh, spontaneous with it. But you know, everybody I, I find, has a different. And I'm curious what you think about this. I find that if I have a basic framework in my head for like a standard person-to-person -person interview of like before, during, after, I can always default to those things. You know, so if I have some questions that I'm curious about, and then if I get stuck, I can just go right back to the beginning. You know, like, hey, when you were in middle school, were you into this kind of thing? And then let them just talk at that point. So I'm always thinking about before, during, and after as a default framework. Although I may never get to it. my last show, I just did an hour an hour ago. I don't think I asked a question until like 55 minutes into the show. You know, so we just were rapping. We were just talking, and that's those are the best shows because you're just having this interesting conversation. You know. Yeah, that was the best one to go just that smooth. And yeah. they're so enthusiastic about telling their story. 
it's more organic than you just asking them over and over. Yeah. I like it when it's smooth like that. Yeah. With no bumps. I like it when the uh, when the person's a little bit hesitant because they haven't, you know, look, speaking publicly isn't their thing. They might be super smart on their topic and they're like, I need to prepare. And I like, you're already prepared. You know, every, you're an expert in this field. Like you've done the preparation. And then when you sit down with them and you're like, well, we're about to wrap up. It's been about an hour. And they're like, wait, what? What? It's been an hour? And they can't believe it's been an hour, but there's so much richness in what they did. They were never looking at the clock. And you know that I'll take I'll take one of those every day of the week because it means you've put that person in a magic spot where time didn't matter to them. And they were just thinking about the next thing. I love those kind of shows. Yeah, that just tells how much they enjoyed it. The conversation, um, spreading that, giving that value to people. Like I did the same thing about two hours ago. Because I'm a health coach, so somebody wanted to talk to me about health and stuff. And I'm like, sure, whatever you want to ask me. So we kind of go through uh, how do I approach my clients? How do I talk right. to them about um, health, uh, physical uh, health, as well as my, uh, mental health? Because I kind of put all of them together. But, yeah, we were just talking for like 30 minutes before I noticed. I'm like, oh, man, let me slow down. Like, <laughs> I lost track of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, those are the best conversations. For sure. Um, I do have another question for you. Um, yeah. what, what, um, what was it? Uh, why did he join the military? The, you know, the ultimate the army. Is I couldn't find a job because I had no experience. And so I'm like, I got to do something. I, I, you know, it's nothing wrong with doing the things I was doing. You know, I was playing softball and working at Costco and I could have stayed at Costco the rest of my life, maybe. But that wasn't why I got a college degree. I wanted to go do something. And I couldn't find a path to go do anything. And so the, here's here's the army, in my case, saying, hey, we'll let you do stuff, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so I never considered the army. And 30 days later, I was in it, you know. And that's, uh, that's you know, it's proven to be a life-defining moment. And I, I thought, you know, hey, go on this adventure for a couple of years and see what happens. And the adventure continues in different forms to this day. What are some things you took away from that experience? That I feel like it depends on the reasons you go in. Like some people go in maybe for the wrong reasons or they go in to learn a skill so they can bring out or they yeah. go in to yeah. meet people. That, that's a great, a great way to meet people. Somebody who you can connect with, start a business with later. So yeah. what, what are some of the, the three things you the biggest takeaways after you it's, left. it's hard to, to pick just three. I mean, one of the things that I learned in the military was I can work a lot harder, harder than I realized, and I can stick to things a lot more than I realized. And so just like, I guess, like a big thing would just be perseverance. And, and when you think you're working hard and you're doing all you can, you see your neighbor and you're like, oh my God, that guy's working so much harder than I am. They've done so much more. There's so much more for me to do. And so that gets you that in those new gears where you work even harder still and, and you get better and more efficient at your hard work. So definitely perseverance. But I've learned so much academically about how complex combat is. Like, folks, you see them on TV talking about like the Ukraine, Russian situation. And they have the first clue how complex all this stuff is. And so that tells me that people don't understand enough about these situations. And so the realization and perspective of someone who who 
can see something like that as valuable to everybody else. And so I, I learned a lot of perspective and, and, and again, I've learned a lot. So academically, so perspective, academics and perseverance are probably the biggest things that I've, I've pulled out off to ask me again tomorrow though. And I'll say three different things, but um, there's, <laughs> there's amazing. this great family in the military too, that I didn't, I had no idea. Like I'm not a terribly good veteran. I'm not like a rah, rah guy. I don't wear like, you know, shirts that say veteran things on them and everything. And, you know, I, I'm not like, Mr. Like, you know, proud army guy and everything. I'm, I'm proud of it, but that's my business. That's, I don't need to put that out for everybody else, but still all my veteran family, they, they love me and I love them. And I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. I think that's one thing I love about it. Well, I'm, I'm Navy, but not army. Yeah. But yeah the bond, the camaraderie that, that you get from there, meeting people, uh, the perseverance, mm-hmm. academics, you learn different yeah. uh, perspectives and you just meet so many different people. Yeah. So you can learn from how this person sees the world or this person. You just learn to work with so many people and I'm you can just apply that think, to life. I'm curious what you think about this too. Like Marines love being Marines. The army, we don't, we have guys like that. Like if you look around for someone flying a flag for a branch of service they're in, it's a Marine flag. Okay. There's an army guy every now and then, but do, do you guys like, does the Navy love being in the Navy as much as the Marines love being Marines? I work with a lot of Marines. I've yeah. never seen so much energy in my life. That's all yeah. they do. Hoorah yeah, they and do. just go crazy. I know. And I love seeing it. And I know a lot of Marines too. And I'm like, you guys just love it so much. And it makes me it makes me happy when I see how much these guys love being part of it. They really they have that. I don't know about the Air Force, I don't know about the Coast Guard, but but the army isn't like that. They don't have that, you know, need. Plus they got a cool flag. Their flag is probably the coolest of all the flags. Oh, the Marines? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just love the positivity they do. Their drive. Yeah. Because yeah. I know sometimes yeah. their job sucks. So yeah. it's, it's good to have that energy. <laughs> it's so it's so true. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't really have too many questions. But at this moment, I like to go into the I don't active health round. So uh-huh. I like to ask all my guests five questions. Okay. That are really important. Um, what is your purpose in this life? My purpose is, you know, I'll just say it's to be of service to other people and just to try to be a better person myself. Those two things. If I can be of service and try to be a better person, I think those are those are pretty noble goals. That, that is amazing. That's that's what I strive to do every way, every day yeah. in the military and as a health coach, trying to yeah. just change people's perspective and make sure they see it a different way and in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're just too negative, especially with everything's going on with Ukraine and everything, all the yeah. news, all the negative news we see and agendas. All right. But yeah, that's a wonderful answer. Uh, my yeah. second question. Yeah. What is a normal morning routine for you? Because a lot of times people may wake up angry, but they can't find a way to channel that energy to make it positive. For example, you can meditate, you can work out. You can listen to affirmations, read some, anything of that nature. Yeah. I uh, The first thing I do is I go, oh, my body hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get up and I, I just focus on the things that I've got to do for the day. Kind of like mentally think about what's next and what can I do now while the house is quiet. And a lot of times it's read. You know, because as, as you know, there's a lot of the guests have written books and I want to do as much as I'm able to read their book. I can't read all of them. I can't read all of them completely, 
but I want to get into what they're creating. And maybe I'm reading on their website, but I spend that time just kind of preparing for the day and, until I feel like I'm ready to do that. And in some days, I get up and I'm like, that's not what I'm going to do today. Some days I'm going to sleep in. Some days I'm going to um, maybe, you know, just listen to a book that I'm listening to for me. But it's just kind of my time to sort of establish where I'm at. And then, and yeah, if I need rest, I get rest. So those, that's sort of a mixed answer. But those are the things that I do first thing. Okay. Okay. Amazing answer. You got to just figure out what works for you. Everybody different. Yeah. My third question, Um, what are some ways you like to decrease like your cortisol levels, your stress levels. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause sometimes we overreact and get negative and then we don't yeah. know how to channel it. And then we get stuck in that thought. Yeah. That's a great question. One of the things about my PTSD is that I lived on cortisol for so long. I mean, my pathways are massive. And so when I get a cortisol hit, you know, my, my response is, is fine for combat zone, but it's not good for day-to-day -day life. Right. And so I have to recognize these situations and reduce my triggers so that I'm not exposing my body to this chemical response unnecessarily, you know? So there's certain ways I've evolved my life to be more calm and, and, uh, and change. So, so there's the preventative part of that. And then just in general, um, one of the things I do is I just slow down my life. I, I, um, especially when I was really struggling, I would just take that bar that I always set for myself at like 10 feet in the air. And I'm like, just put it on the floor and I can walk over this bar all day long. And I don't have to be the greatest version of Pete today. You know, just whatever I'm doing is fine. And so just changing my outlook on not having to jump over buildings or cut down a tree or do whatever it was allowed me to go, hey, today is just a day where I'm going to take an extra nap. I'm going to you know, not worry about getting all the emails done. I will get caught up in those things. I don't have to respond instantly to everything like I always do. And so that's that's one of the big ways I deal with it. It's just reshaping my day, spending time on mindfulness, understanding how great my life is. And, uh, and the fact that I'm worried or stressed out or fired up about whatever this thing is, in the grander scheme of things, as soon as you as soon as you relax and look around, you realize this is a minor thing, and either I'm going to push through it or it just, just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. There's so many things in my life, I'm like it just doesn't matter. I'm not going to spend energy on it. Yeah, we put too much energy into the minor things, especially things that are irrelevant to our lives. It doesn't give us any value. So I yeah. agree. You know, I, I, I want to say this real quick about this answer because I think this is perfect. So um, there's a guy. A lot of people know him. His name's the DOC. He's a he was part of the uh, rapping crew with NWA. He wrote a lot of the incredible raps that they had. And I had him on the show and he said, you know, look, I'm in my mid fifties. And, you know, he learned from his girlfriends, Erica Badu was his girlfriend. She taught him things. His most recent girlfriend taught him something. He's like, she, they, they said, I'm carrying around other people's problems and stuff. I just don't <laughs> got to carry around. So I quit doing it and my life got easier. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like we have to recognize things that just don't belong to us and quit carrying them around. And and if it's good enough for him, man, it's good enough for me. Exactly, exactly. So everybody needs to stop doing this out carrying everybody else's baggage yeah. that are just weighing you down. Right. Right. Oh yeah, my other question was this is another one, but how important do you think being uh grateful is like gratitude like you said it relieves stress like you wake up where we, yeah. we're stuck in this moment that everything is going berserk or just so much negative but then 
we we start realizing what we have and being grateful. Yeah, I try to be gracious, which is related. You know, it's not quite a synonym, but but it's the same root. Right. So that gratitude, that grace, I try to I try to have those in my heart all the time and love. And when you slow your life down, this is just me talking about how I've done it. But when, when I've slowed my life down, I realize how many people around me are important to me, even if I don't know them, I'm never going to interact with them again. That person who's doing some service for you, you know, like taking out the trash or uh, I like the lip, the person who's at the airport who sits with their back to you as you walk out of the airport and nobody can walk past that point and they can't walk past that person. If that person didn't sit there, there would be, there would be no security. So that person is a person you literally walk by and all they ever see is your back. And I always stop and turn around and say, Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for keeping all of us safe. I appreciate it. It's a thankless job. We don't even see you. You don't even see us. So thank you. And I think when you slow down, you have an opportunity to do that. And I'm not, look, I'm not perfect at this. I screw it up all the time. There's things I take for granted, but I try to slow my life down. And yeah, be full of grace, be full of gratitude and just appreciate those around me and the, the things around me that I have and do because it allows you to, to be grateful for all the people that just i keep saying the same thing but that's how i do my great my gratitude is just slow down and realize it and see it and and not take it for granted yeah that's amazing like we're so accustomed to being subconscious and just walking by everybody not acknowledging them even if they're doing an important job sometimes you just got to redirect that and be more conscious be like thank you for what you're doing and like you may just change their outlet on a day they might think nobody cares what i do yeah. Like, I feel like that's how a lot of military people are. Like, if somebody say thank you for your service, man, I might get surprised. I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I got t- two more questions. But before I get into that, where can people find you or look up your show? Super easy. Break it down show.com or just go to the YouTube um, channel and type in PA Turner or break it down show. It should all come up. Um, you can find me on any Facebook. Just type in P.A. Turner. There's a whole bunch of – I am not hard to find. There's a lot out there. You said on Facebook? Okay. On Facebook, yeah, Instagram. I don't go on Instagram too much, but often enough, if, if you sent me a message, I'll get it. And I try to be pretty engaging in general. If you comment on one of my uh, shows, for the most part, I'm going to get a hold of you and I'm going to see it. I try to keep up with those things. So, yeah, just P.A. Turner. Type it into wherever you're at and you'll find it. If you want to watch a show, my preference is – Watch on YouTube because that's the fastest way for me to make money doing it. So those are my asks is YouTube, P.A. Turner, and you should be able to find something you like. I I have something for everybody on my show. Mm-hmm. All right, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Check out his, uh, his show on YouTube. Um, my fourth question is, um, what are some foods you like to eat um, that stimulate your mind and your body? Because like, I say that because there are foods that take away your energy and there's some foods that give you energy. So what are some things that you like to eat every day to give you that energy to carry out your actions? Uh, I, in our house, we have a very simple breakfast. You know, it's eggs, toast, maybe some kind of meat or something like that. And I like that. I don't know that it excites me, but it sets my day off. And it's a thing I do with my someone special and we get to spend some time together. And so I just, I enjoy that meal and 
you know, I, I can't tell you specifically why. I mean, obviously it's tasty, it's savory, and it's delicious and all that stuff. But it's just a simple, simple thing, and it's just a foundational. Look, I've been gone a lot. I've been deployed a lot, right? And so just to have a stable thing, a stable way to start my day for me is is sublime. I can't think of something better than sitting with the person that I love and starting our day together over this breakfast. Yeah, that, that's amazing, especially when you deal with uh, your significant others or somebody. You just make it more. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, I, don't, I don't know the word to say in that way, but it just feels more more uh, comforting rather than eating uh fast like most people may grab something and just eat it oh you're not stationary yeah. you're not sitting okay. down yeah. you don't think about what you're eating you can't enjoy it so yeah. in that aspect yeah. oh, i used to eat standing up all the time because that's how <laughs> yeah. you do it in the army you're like i'll eat this and get out of here i'll eat this while i'm walking to the next thing i'm doing and uh, it's really nice to sit down and just enjoy the company of someone that you care about and yeah, that's amazing my last question is um what are some workouts you like to do for yourself to stimulate your mind and your body, such as walking, jogging, or playing yeah. sports, lifting weights, or anything of that a, nature? I have a Concept 2 rower I can see in my backyard right over there. And when my body is – my body's pretty screwed up from combat, so I have to be careful because I can overdo it. But um, when I'm able, I like to get on that thing. And I also like to get in the pool and go swim. And I've actually not swim, swam for quite a while. I need to get back in the pool and doing that too. But if I if I get off the rower or if I get out of the pool, I just, I, it is impossible to feel bad. You feel great. You feel great mentally. You, you feel invigorated. Your body is just, just feeling fantastic. So I'm a big proponent of swimming. Like if you have mental health issues at all, if you can go swim hard for a mile, and maybe you have to build up to a mile, but if you can go swim hard to a, for a mile, you are absolutely going to feel better for a significant amount of your time after that because it's impossible to feel bad after you swim hard. And and the same thing for rowing, too. True, true. I, I agree. It takes your mind off everything that's going on because yeah. you just got to live in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a meditation, swimming. Okay, I got one more question. Uh, what oh, do you? My, this is my actual last one. <laughs> what do you see yourself and uh, your show in five years? What do you see y'all doing? Uh, you know, it's hard to know. I mean, I've been doing it for dang near ten years now. Um, where am I going to be? Well, hopefully, I'm still producing my show, but I would like to be doing some other bigger projects. You know, either <clears throat> larger scale podcasts for companies. Or uh, maybe producing things on video, you know, like shorts or something like that, and just getting into bigger scale projects. I think that's a natural progression. And I guess if I was going to say one other thing, maybe my show has grown to the point where I'm I'm hosting it on a different format in addition to the podcast thing, you know. So instead of going the other way, we're like, hey, I'm on the radio and on ESPN. Now I have a podcast. Maybe I go the other direction and, and take my <laughs> podcast and turn it into a TV show or something. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. That would be pretty cool. I would I would love to do that. I've I'm always said I want to have a talk show for a living. I can see that. <laughs> you already got all this experience. You might as well uh, move it to somewhere else and see how yeah. far you can take it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it would be neat. I want to say thank you, Pete, for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate it. I want to say thank you to the audience for checking on checking in on that Idon Active Health show. It was a pleasure seeing y'all again, and I hope... Y'all have a wonderful day.